0: To episode seven of the Tassie Sport Lounge, it is our pleasure to bring you all Tasmania's sport news from here in Tassie. I and said we'd never get here. Episode right <laughs> seven around the country and internationally. We've got you know international guests ish.
1: Colin Ingram. Well, he's an international, yeah, exactly. of course, uh, exactly. playing in in purple. Yeah, for the Hurricanes in the BBL. We'll be catching up with him. Um, talking about who we aren't catching up with, Steve Old,
2: <laughs> <laughs> one of our panel members. He didn't make it. There's a vacant mic. It <laughs> seems to be a, a recurring theme with us, uh, it, isn't it? It's, it's hilarious. hilarious. We all came in. We are expecting to be here. He hasn't turned up. Three that's,
0: out of four ain't bad, okay, guys?
2: No, that's, that's all right. Is there a rumour that – is there anything to do with uh, your guys having your party – Last the <laughs> night before our recording, he was uh, that...
0: a very early exit, <laughs> no. so I can vouch for that. I think he's got a sick little one, unfortunately. But uh, Adam Smith and Dave Noonan, good to have you here. we have rocked up.
2: <laughs> yes, yes, we are busy time. Obviously, we're on the eve of the big bash, so it's uh, very exciting times. And I'm just looking forward to seeing some live sport at a, at a top level. We've been uh, sort of hand handicapped, haven't we? For the Absolutely, last six and or it's going to be a bit of a
0: smorgasbord. We've got ten games across about. 20 days, uh, yeah, all kicking off with Hurricanes and Sixers, which will be a big one. It will
2: be, yeah. Sort of a really good start, isn't it? So we've got eight games in 10 days down here in Tassie and then another couple in, in the new year. So it'll be thick and fast and uh, a really good opportunity, I guess firstly, for the Hurricanes to hit the ground running, uh, get a good start, but probably a good opportunity for some the fans to see some other teams as well, which is something that we obviously haven't seen before.
1: Oh, it's absolutely amazing. It's a, a, it's a festival of cricket. <laughs> You're heading along, Dave?
2: Uh, what's that? You're heading along? Oh, Definitely, I'll be going
1: to a couple of uh, the early games. And I have heard a whisper... Uh, that maybe crowd numbers will be
2: increased after Christmas in the new year. They are looking at it. I know. I think it was it was discussed. I, I did ask the Premier uh, earlier in the week when he had a presser if there was the capacity to do it. We've obviously seen New South Wales have gone bang and gone to full. And uh, yeah, a couple of people just behind the scenes, I believe, might have been asked how quickly they could adapt to more people coming in. So fingers crossed for January 2 and January 4, Melbourne Stars maybe 75% if not full capacity.
1: Uh, yeah, I think they can adapt really quickly. I've talked to someone who said that they can. Uh, so if they need to, they will be capable of that. Let's talk cricket, though. Uh, the Indian um, games, obviously, T20 and ODIs. Uh, it's been really interesting to see how some of the Australians have gone. With Dave Warner getting injured, doesn't it show that next level down where everyone's saying, i oh, have got Will Pukowski and we've got Jay Burns and et cetera. Suddenly they look extremely vulnerable
2: and who are we going to open with? really funny that I think even up to three or two, three weeks ago we're talking about the options that we've got in that batting yeah, lineup. up too and, many. And now it's where are we going? obviously, you know un, unfortunate injury to David Warner, will Pikovsky, you know now again with another concussion issue, which isn't great. Hopefully it's not as serious. It was just a glancing blow, and they said he was it was mild. but it's thrown a massive spanner in the works, especially when there's a lot of talk about Cameron Green. And, and where he comes into it. Um, I think, Number six, but, yeah. I bring him in. <laughs>
1: I seriously, bring him in. I don't like this whole, whole attitude of let them – show their, if, if he's playing well, don't let them show their wares in shield cricket for too long. While he's performing really well, bring him in, do a Ricky Ponning, bring him in. He's got nothing to lose. He just got a century in the Australia A game. He's just in terrific nick. I'd bring him in and, and capable of getting a few wickets. So I wouldn't over bowl him, but I'd bring him at number six and as a batting all rounder.
2: Well, that's it. He's shown that he, he's, he probably is in our top six batsmen as it stands right now, I think alone, let, al- him in. let alone his bowling. I suppose... You'd like to back in the incumbents in the team and both Matty Wade, our own Matty Wade and uh, Travis Head have done a wonderful job. I guess if, if Wilbukowski doesn't get up, then they've got to make a decision, don't they? No, Manus um, Labershane,
1: open
0: with... Well, I think the question is the openers. I think Cameron Green's done enough uh, consistently over the last couple of months in Shield and now in the Australia A game. He'd be, he'd be very stiff not to be picked um, later down the order. But who, who opens?
2: I think Marnus is he's probably a legitimate option. There's not a lot of difference between that first drop position and opening quite often. You might be in there early anyway. I guess you know, Joe Burns is in some pretty ordinary form and it has to be form. said. So there, there's an issue there. Um, and, yeah, whether Wadey slides up to number three, I think they like Steve Smith at number four, and I think it's been really important for Open Wadey. Open with Wadey. In red do cricket, I, I, I don't, it's a tough one. It's I don't know. I know he's bad at three for Tassie. Again, probably not a yeah, but at test level. Would you? Are you comfortable with him? Well, as the you
1: said, he can't do any worse than uh,
2: Burns <laughs> at the moment. <laughs> I think it's just been he, really important that he got some runs in the last two T20s, and he's looked pretty good. He lady. did look good. And I think that might, even though Red Bull's different – they might release him to play that pink ball game. Like there's a lot of talk Quick about... Quickfire
0: 80. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> so
2: there's a lot of... It'll be interesting to see what they do with this second A game and because there was talk that a few, it might be a bit more full strength than what they were initially anticipating because they probably have to get some red ball or pink ball form into these guys that have been part of the ODI series and the T20 stuff.
1: It's going to be very interesting indeed. Uh, I look forward to the chess series. <music> We are on the brink of the magnificent BBL hub in Hobart and the Hurricanes have got together a fantastic squad with a big hitter called Colin Ingram. He's played for the Strikers, but I think he looks amazing in purple and that was the reason he's come to the Hurricanes.
3: <laughs> Colin Ingram, good morning. Good morning. Thanks for the warm welcome.
1: So they they say that the purple really highlights your eyes, is that right?
3: (laughs) Something like that. Uh, Yeah, my wife saw uh, that uh, the sponsors were uh, Cadbury's and and Tazel, uh, which is salmon, (laughs) and she got very excited. She said, we're definitely going to the right place. (laughs)
2: <laughs> How, how's it been since uh, the, you've got down here mate obviously had to do the, the two weeks hard quarantine over in Perth but uh, yeah down here and, and got a practice game under the belt you must be itching to uh, get into that first game
3: yeah it's going to be great to get out there it's been uh, um, you know it's, it's been great to join up and, and come back to BBL in Australia and um you know, the hurricane setup's uh, it's a really organised one with, uh, you know, superb su- uh, support staff. So yeah, it's been great to be down. Had a nice head out yesterday at a, at a really cool uh, club facility. Um, so yeah, ready to go.
1: How's the squad knitting together? It's a funny thing, the BBL. You're pulling people in from all over the place. You're coming in, and then you'll leave and go back to South Africa. And David Milan will come in. So it's a strange piecing together of a bit of a cricketing jigsaw, isn't it?
3: Yeah, obviously it's got uh, you know a little. A different feel this year with uh, you know three overseas players and, and people coming and going but I think it's a great opportunity for uh, Australian public to see you know a whole, a whole bunch more overseas players in uh, in one competition and um, you know, our squad's a nice balanced squad and it's, uh, it's great to be joining up with them
2: when you do, you come out and obviously the, the way the 2020 has been with bubbles and hubs and quarantines, <laughs> mate, what, how was it over in Perth sort of sitting in a room for two weeks and, you know, I guess I know I've been told that you get some treadmills and a bit of gear to sort of keep the legs ticking over. Um, what was the first thing you did as soon as that uh, two weeks ended and you had a little bit of freedom back to your life? <laughs> yeah, I
3: mean, uh, the, 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 I, I went live uh, the first day when I pulled the door closed. I was, I was a little rattled. It was a small room. and. Um, I was like, "Okay, this is gonna be a good this is gonna be a good effort." Um, but yeah, you sort of get on it and get get through it, uh, just like anything. So it didn't go too badly. And um, the first thing I did when I got out was I took a long walk. It probably was about a eight or nine kilometre walk uh, around Perth, which is beautiful around the water's edge and that. And uh, it was just nice to be out in the fresh air.
1: Run through what you think of the strengths of the Hurricane squad. Obviously, we've got some good batters. How do you think the bowling's going to stand up?
3: Yeah, I think obviously over the over the last uh, sort of three seasons, uh, the top order batting at the Hurricanes has been awesome. So, you know, a couple of us have come in and hopefully we can add to that. Um, and then looking at a bowling attack, there's, uh, you know, there's, there's various uh, sort of seam options. Um, there are a couple of young guys like uh, Nathan Ellis who stood up last year as well. So, you know, all, all looks, um, you know, really balanced, like I was saying at the start in terms of the squad. Um you know, having a wily old spinner like Johan Bueta come back in, uh, is great as well. Um, you know, will Jack's balls some off spin and you know, Darcy Short I think's totally underrated with the ball as well. So, you know, when you start looking at it like that it's uh, yeah, you know, it's quite a well balanced attack. So I'm looking forward to seeing what we can do. Colin,
0: there's going to be plenty of chopping and changing through the squad throughout the season. You have um, obviously our national representatives coming back, Matthew Wade and Darcy Short, and potentially Tim Payne later in the season. How is the squad sort of preparing for that? For that uh, change in in players potentially?
3: Yeah, I think. I mean, firstly, obviously, you want to you want a bold combination. So. Um you know, now at the start of uh, you know putting it all together, we'll we'll probably take it into account. But I, I suppose the old cliche—you uh, need to put your best team on the park to to win a game, uh, one game at a time. Um, you know, but I think I think looking at those combinations, uh, you know, and putting the order together in, in a way that you know we can use as many of those combinations through the whole season uh, sort of makes sense to me. So, you know, I, I know we've got a big meeting later, and we'll have a good discussion about roles, role clarification and that sort of thing. So. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see, but it, it is it's certainly a, a massive positive to have uh, you know, some of those big names uh, coming back uh during
4: the season. Um
2: Colin the Adelaide Strikers have been on the end of a couple of Darcy Short and Matthew Wade specials in the last few years. I know you might have played in one or two of those games. It must be nice to be uh, on Darcy's team for uh, a campaign rather than have, trying to work out how to bowl to him to get him out.
3: <laughs> yeah, a couple of seasons ago, he, uh, every time I was in the field, the ball seemed to be going about 20 metres over my head. So it's going to be great to be on his team and uh, not have to bowl to him because I know he hit me for about a 120 metre six in Adelaide as well. So that'll be great. Um, but yeah, jokes aside, I mean, um, like I said, the the top order uh, with you know, with Maddie Wade and and Dorsey, um, you know, over the last couple of years, has been a real strength. So you know, definitely something we need to um, you know keep working at and and, and make sure that you know, the rest of us are, are contributing as rough well as possible just just to take some pressure off them.
1: It's going to be good also to be playing in front of a crowd. I'm actually going to the first game and hopefully on the weekend as well. It's going to be really exciting to be in a crowd at a sporting <laughs> event. It, will it make a difference to you guys having people cheering?
3: Oh, massively. Uh, I mean, just watching sports over the last sort of seven months on, on TV has been, you know, it's been a lot different sort of atmosphere without any crowds in that. So just to have Yeah, even if it was a thousand people in the ground, would it's going to be fantastic and uh, you know great for sports and and great for the public that they can uh, get back into the stadium.
2: You've had a bit of a break. Obviously, a couple of tournaments have been scrapped. I think it's been what six or eight months since you've actually been out on the park. Uh, How how are you feeling? You feel as though you are well prepared to sort of you know do what you need to do out there, and and just excited to be back playing some competitive cricket again. No doubt.
3: Yeah, oh, most definitely. Uh, Really excited to get back out. you know, I spent I spent quite a lot of time at home, which was uh, a blessing. Uh, I mean, as a sportsman, unless you have a bad injury, normally you don't really get time off. So, I try to use my time really wisely and uh, you know work on a couple of things technically and and physically put some good hard work in because I had the time. Um, yeah, really to go and, and and looking forward to it. it was uh, I mean, even a practice game yesterday was great to to get back out there again. So um, yeah, really looking forward to, to the start.
1: Well, let's hope you whack a few round. Uh, it's nothing better than seeing a tonk <laughs>
3: <laughs> in the middle.
1: It's just an amazing sight. I just love watching uh, BBL and uh, 20, T20. And let's hope that you get your chocolate and your salmon before the game and that really pumps you up. Obviously, that's the reason you've come to Tasmania. <laughs> that's <laughs> what my wife said anyway. The gift of wearing purple. <laughs> no, thanks so much. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure it'll go well.
3: well.
2: Thanks very much, Colin, and uh, best of luck when you get out there.
3: Thanks very much. Thanks. Go well.
2: We have managed to pull off a bit of a coup. We have the uh,
1: CEO of the uh, Jack Jubbers. That- That's correct. Uh, I-, <laughs> I-, I always get those titles wrong. It's, there's so many titles you can have in those roles, aren't there? So I've just got to check and make sure I've got it. Uh, Simon Brookhouse, good morning, Simon. Good
5: morning, Dave. How are you?
1: Very good, mate. Now, how are you feeling about it all? It's all coming together. We've had an announcement about the uh, amount for the lease on the, um, the Durand Entertainment Centre and, of course, a little bit of an exploration of the cost of extending what um, Larry Kestelman's going to be doing around that area.
5: Yeah, absolutely. Look, it's uh, it's all very busy. Um, the deck's well and truly underway in terms of the demolition for stage one. And uh, what's it look like? It's gutted, to be honest. It's very barren inside at the moment. So much it, asbestos uh, in there. No, <laughs> fortunately, fortunately, that's actually been really positive. There hasn't been much at all, um, and they've just done another report now that it's finished and it's come coming out with a clean bill of health, which is great. And we'll start the uh, we'll start the full construction of stage two in January.
2: I see there. are week ahead of schedule or a little bit ahead of schedule which is always promising signs mate I guess when there's a bit of urgency to get everything done so anytime you can sort of grab a few days or weeks it's always a positive.
5: Yeah look it is and and you're, you're always guessing a little bit with the demolition in case there is asbestos and those sort of things so I guess there was a little bit of um, buffer in the, the time frames to get that done so uh, it's good it's really positive uh, the tenders will close for the building contract for stage two uh, and hopefully we can get that sorted and appointed before Christmas.
0: Simon, let's go back to the start a little bit. There was so much conjecture around the name. What Tasmania's team was going to be called in the NBL? Jack Jumpers, you've had a, a few months to sit on it. Uh, people have got used to it. How are you going with that name and, and being Tasmania's team?
5: Yeah, look, it's really interesting. It um, it polarised people, as you said, and uh, the good thing now is that everybody seems to have turned around to supporting it and uh, the negativity that was initially there now that the brand's been launched and um, the, the mascot as such or the animation of the mascot and those sort of things and everybody seems really happy with it. Uh, even the, the people uh, across Bass Strait are starting to come around as well and, um, I mean, there's a lot of support and I think that um, – it's a great name in the fact that it does polarise people to some extent, so it gets them talking about it. And so we're, we're on the tip of everybody's tongue, which is great.
1: Well, I'm an example of that because I was pretty negative. Yeah, <laughs> I, I seriously was. Yeah. And I can't believe how quickly I've come around. Well, we
2: sat here and talked, yeah, didn't I'm we? And, yeah, and I, I was a Trident's man. And well, as I said, it was 24 hours, and I was like, no, I'm ready to let rip into anybody who wants to back it out now. I think the, the graphical design of it all was what I think might have turned a lot of people. It was really well done. And yeah, that's a pretty cool uh, image and logo that we've got running. Out there now. So. Just uh, on the building side of it, uh, I've
1: heard that Larry's a hard man. Keeps his eye very on, very detail oriented. Is he ringing up every day and saying what you're doing? Is he is he that sort of uh, boss?
5: No, fortunately not. He doesn't do that. Um, he has his own project manager overseeing the building. He may well ring him every day. Didn't he? Um, <laughs> but look, Larry's actually really good in that regard. He's he's hands on to the point that he knows what's going on he has so many different businesses um, but he's not the sort of the guy who's always looking over your shoulder he trusts you to do your job and he's been really good with us as a team doing that and he's actually down here next week which will be great
2: obviously the Big thing at the moment, mate, is the, the search for a coach. We've um you know, we saw that you opened up the, the tenders for that. How, how is that process going? And and yeah, in terms of applicant numbers, and yeah, you're narrowing the field down. Do you feel as though you're close to get that appointment by Christmas, which obviously you were hoping for.
5: Yeah, we are. We'll um we've sort of shortlisted internally at the moment. We'll have a chat about that when Larry's down here next week with those candidates. Uh, I suspect that we're on target for before Christmas. Um, again, as I've said all along, if it's someone in contract elsewhere. It might be difficult to announce who it is but we'll work through that process but... Heaps of applicants, uh, heaps of good quality applicants and heaps of left field applicants uh, like the national badminton coach of India. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> felt, that, uh, felt that he was qualified to coach a basketball team, which I thought quite humorous and a number of soccer coaches and various other things. And, uh, I, think, Have a dip. I think COVID <laughs> wants to bring people to Australia, so any job will do at the moment. But now we've got some really good candidates from, from overseas. And did and you from get Australia. my application, by the way? Hasn't come through yet, Dave. No, uh, it's <laughs> come through lost us. in mail. <laughs>
1: I did see. Seriously, this is just a little bit of byplay. Years ago, just as a joke, I applied for the job of Adelaide Football Club <laughs> and I'd, I'd coached two country footy uh, sides to Premiership. So I put that as my application. I ran into the president of the Adelaide Footy Club and he just dissed me completely.
2: <laughs> I think Simon was telling me when we were talking last week that, yeah, you had an under 10 Spanish coach <laughs> throw in an application. It's yeah. one of those weird ones that, yeah, whether they, you know, are they. Actually having a crack picking thinking app, or is it sort of just a bit of a funny one to see yeah. if they can get some... <laughs>
5: yeah, it's interesting. I mean, I've had many applications that aren't in English, so I can't tell whether they're any good or not, because my Spanish or Italian's not great, but the reality is we, 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 we got what we expected in terms of the quality from Australia and, and the US and and people coaching overseas, so we're, we're really happy. Um, uh, one of the guys who we would have looked at, I think, is just taken the Sydney job, the assistant there, Adam Ford, so... Uh, I suspect he's off the off the market now, but, uh, and he he's a really good coach. That's a great great opportunity for him at Sydney. He's been there for a while as their assistant, so um, we're quite supportive of that, which is great.
0: It's a pretty important decision, and one you can't really get wrong for the start of the team. Who makes that decision?
5: Uh, well, essentially, that'll come back to me uh, in, in consultation so with Larry. It's on you. Yeah, it's on me. If we get it wrong, it, if we get it right, it'll be everyone's decision. And yeah. if we get it wrong, <laughs> it'll be mine. Uh, but the rea- reality of it is, um, you know, Larry and I'll sit down. We, we're putting together a panel to interview the shortlist. Um, we're, we're trying to get some people from outside basketball to be involved with that because we're not really testing the ability to coach the team. Um, all of these guys, girls, we know can coach the team, but the reality is, what we want is leadership skills. Ability to build a culture and ability to recruit. You know, they're the three keys for us. So it needs to be someone who can get that talent pool from around the world and Australia to come and play here and then lead them with a new culture. And that's the most important thing for us.
1: What's the vibe you're getting from applicants about coming to Tassie? I mean, it's a small state. Obviously, you're in the, in the big league. Uh, the, the reputation of the NBL now is very strong around the world. But coming to Hobart and coming to Tassie, is that a negative or a
5: positive? Oh, look, I see it as a positive. People, everyone you speak to who's been to Hobart loves it and never forgets it. And Tassie in general and Tasmania in general is such a great place for families and various other things. So, look, quite honestly, I think that there's no negativity about coming here. Um, uh, if we look at the island state as it is and what's to offer, I mean, it's hard to say no, really.
2: Um, I know we've got your hands are tied, obviously a little bit until we get a, a coaching in place in terms of really building a bit of momentum. How how have you seen the perception of things over the last sort of six months? I, I guess there was a real bit of excitement in February when it was announced that we we're on the verge and then there was obviously COVID hit, had to wait for the official signing and then that comes out, the branding comes out. There does seem to be a little bit of a wave of a, a peak of excitement and then a lull until we get some momentum. Is that concerning at all in trying to engage the Tasmanian population?
5: Um, no, it's not concerning. I think that the membership's still growing. Um, people are still interested in what we're doing. We're sending out EDMs to the members regularly, keeping them informed. Um, we're also... You know, we're trying to schedule a communications plan between now and the start of next season, so we've always got something to tell people. Um, the last couple of weeks have probably been a little quiet, but I guess from our point of view, when that's the actual basketball teams, not in the press, we'll try and make sure the deck is or, or something around that, or, you know, we'll profile a member or a family member or whoever it might be to sort of... Keep us in the press. So or to the speak.
1: Indian badminton coach <laughs> or the Indian badminton coach? yeah, we'll bring him
5: out. So,
0: what's the membership numbers looking like? Are you on target or exceeding expectations? Yeah, look,
5: we're over twenty three hundred at the moment, which has exceeded expectations. To be frank, um, when we, we actually haven't really got anything to sell in terms of a team or a schedule or a game, um, but it's, and it's still dripping in, and we've certainly haven't. Pushed the membership uh, that strongly in the last few weeks. We've decided to hold on that because coming into Christmas with postage issues and various things, it's quite difficult. It
1: is a great Christmas present, though. obviously. Yeah, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely, it is. And you then we'll, an opportunity. This well, no,
5: we'll watch this space. We are going to put out a sort of a Christmas special for people, um, and then we'll uh, we'll push again when the NBL season starts in mid-January, because then the actual sport will be front of mind. We might try and do some functions around NBL games just to get people engaged
2: hope you signed up as a member, Dave. My package came the other day. The actually, the I t- haven't, but I am going <laughs> to. So, uh, I was actually he's, waiting, he's for, the waiting for the Christmas special. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the little pack came. The, t- the twins got their Jack jumper shirts, so they're pretty happy about it. But um, Sensational. We've seen, obviously, just recently released the board, um, the inaugural board, mate, with our very own Steve Old, is a member of this. He's not here to, to I celebrate. He, I hope he rocks up to board meetings. He's <laughs> going rock up for us. Um, I guess the purpose of the book, and you run us through that, it's obviously got some pretty... Significant names on it, um, yeah. And what's the expectations of those guys moving forward?
5: Yeah, look, it's a, it's a dual purpose really. It's to to ensure that the governance of the the clubs run well and, and the oversight of the club, but it's also uh, a group of people who are synonymous with Tasmania, and we thought that was really important, and, and to sort of help us open doors and, and talk to co- corporates and various other things. So it's a mix of really well-connected people in the state and really passionate people about sport, not just basketball. A lot of them haven't had a background in basketball. We wanted that deliberately. We wanted people who are passionate about Tasmania, particularly sport in general, and will help us open doors with sponsorship and corporate partnerships and get people to games, and that's really important. That's what we see their role.
2: That corporate side of things, how, how is that tracking? Obviously, it's a pretty tough economical climate at the moment. Is there Are you feeling as though that you'll have the numbers and, and everybody that you'll need on board to obviously make the club sustainable?
5: Yeah, look, we've been really buoyed by the, the support out there. One of the things that I thought would be difficult coming out of COVID was talking about reasonable size numbers for sponsorship, and it hasn't been an issue. Um, we're, we're, we're pitching to a number at the moment, um, both Tasmanian companies and mainland. So it's really been one of those things that, Uh, has been embraced and I've been actually pleasantly surprised. Nobody said to us in real terms that we were seriously talking to that, hey, we haven't got any money because of COVID, so let's have another discussion. So everybody's had a second and third discussion with us, which has been really good.
1: We've talked about some pretty important appointments, but the biggest one, I suppose, of all, the mascot. Uh, (laughs) When do we start having the opportunity to audition to apply <laughs> will the indian i a clear Badminton schedule yeah. well, a I'm, of I'm, taking that role I've, just, I've
5: gone back to anyone who didn't really sit the fit this head coach or i'll get their measurements to be sure <laughs> uh, and ask them to it's do it role well, that well, you're well, well, on just nah, 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 it's, it's, the mascot's 5'10 i'm a little bit taller than that so um <laughs> the mascot will be here hopefully in mid january
4: yeah the first the of the mascots the we'll get a few yeah yeah yeah, right. yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah,
5: yeah. and uh so then we'll, quite seriously, it will be something that there will be auditions and those sort of things. We've had people reach out from, believe it or not, around the world who are qualified mascots. There is almost a world union uh, and there is mascot school in the US. What's
1: the str- oh, just all the US or is there uh, someone from a bizarre country? No, Kaz- no. Is there a Kazakhstan – Not satellite? at this stage. No, not this
5: stage. But, again, we haven't gone global. So um, we're very hopeful we'll get someone locally uh, and we will genuinely have some sort of auditions for moving forward.
2: Do you keep an eye on, I'm sure you do, on player movement and whatnot, and I guess until obviously you get a coach, you probably can't do too much, but I know for something, for example, the Next Gen program's always mentioned, are you personally scouring the American College system at the moment to find out who's interested or, you know, has anybody reached out at this stage to say, hey, look, something we might want to do, yeah, Two years' time?
5: Yeah, look, there's a number of um, player managers who've reached out, obviously. that um, we're, we're pretty steadfast on putting the coach in place first, but we know who's available. Um, we know who's coming out of contract to the NBL. We know who's coming home from college and those sort of things. We know... Basically, other players who are in Europe or in Asia playing who are coming out of contract. So as soon as the coach gets into players, then we'll start targeting them.
1: Well, thank you very much for coming in and having a chat to us. Have a great Christmas! I will. uh, What is that Christmas special? I just want to
5: know. Uh, We're uh, we're actually finalising that in the next couple of days. (laughs) So I I haven't uh, I haven't seen what it is, but the girls in the office tell me that it's a very good thing for Christmas.
1: I look forward to getting my membership for Christmas, (laughs) and I look forward to seeing what happens in twenty twenty one with the deck. Uh, Thanks for coming in, Simon Brookhouse.
5: Thanks for having me. It's been great. Right, cheers.
1: Well, it doesn't take much for us to love talking footy on the Tassie Sport Lounge. And who better to talk it with than Damien Gill? Uh, he's the CEO of AFord Tasmania and another passionate and eternally <laughs> disappointed <laughs> Demons fan. Morning, Gilly.
6: G'day, Noons.
1: Uh, what a pleasure to be here. and uh, I don't need much
6: excuse to chat to you and chat demons, to be honest. I oh, know. It's well, one of the great, great pleasures in life. Well, you two
0: control, control should yourself, would you? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Seems another... very intimate. <laughs> well,
1: it, this is all it takes. 2020, another disappointing year. Agreed?
2: Yeah, unfortunately. <laughs> well, that sums it up. All
0: right, go. <laughs>
2: hey, who's more chance to get Ben Brown on here, Noons or Gilly? Be... <laughs> uh, we, we can sort that out. Yeah. Between us, that well, uh, should be no trouble.
0: To give you context, Gilly, uh, Noons has been promising this for about six weeks, Ben that Brown, we, yeah, that we're going to get Ben Brown on, and he's absolutely full in his Calls, oh uh, wow!
1: While you're filling in, I'll just read the <laughs> <laughs>
0: text read exchange text from him.
1: Chips. Okay, this is what he said Hi, mate. Sorry it's taken so long to get back to you. I think if it's okay, I might need a bit more time before doing too much media next year. There you
6: go. I heard he was on the Melbourne
2: podcast oh, last was. week. He was <laughs> on there with Gorney and Gus. It <laughs> was good value, actually. It was good value. It's a bit oh, like Painy telling us that he's keen and then he goes on the front uh, bar and whatnot. So yeah, come on, Painy, we're yeah. still waiting for you. But uh, Gilly, it's been a big year um, for yourself and I guess for the code, mate. You're a couple of months officially into the role now. How's it all uh, been?
6: Yeah, big year is probably an understatement. It feels like about a decade for me. Um, mm. I guess when you look at embarking on another footy season, you think it's going to play out like any other that's gone before it. And then we sort of get to March and March and then um, COVID hits and the footy world and the world in general's turned upside down. And we were down to two staff members for a fair old stretch there. We didn't know whether we'd get local footy up. Um, we're in a good position where we actually worked really hard and a lot of good work and sacrifice from a lot of people. We got seasons up here, which was fantastic. And then, I guess as we get further on in the year, it's become a bit more normal, um, but I guess the abnormal thing for me is I've, I'm have i into a new role, a role I probably didn't expect to be in at, at the start of the year, but a role I'm really excited about.
0: This is a very broad question, but where do you see Tasmanian footy and the state of footy in this state, both you know, with our players in the AFL, but also the leagues here in Tasmania?
6: How long's the podcast? Yeah. <laughs> Not long enough. It <laughs> yeah. well, we can go for four hours. <laughs> yeah. pretty, I'm happy. I, I reckon the drop off rate would be significant on that podcast. Fascinating man. Yeah. Um, I, I'm really bullish about Tassie Footy, to be honest. I think uh, we've got a bit of work to do in terms of bouncing back from COVID first and foremost. But If you look at how things were trending um, since sort of 2017 when we called out that um, in terms of junior and youth numbers they were dropping off, we've done a lot of good work and the worm was starting to turn and um, change takes a while and I'm really bullish that if we continue investing in junior and youth footy and putting a lot of time and energy into schools in Auskick, um, we will keep footy in a strong position within Tasmania.
1: So... (laughs) How does that look in terms of having an AFL side? Obviously, the Premier's been talking about bullish. He's been very bullish about wanting uh, a standalone side. There's been discussion about relocating North Melbourne. That's a perennial question as well. Do you think that a crucial ingredient of successful footy at grassroots level in Tasmania is to create that pathway through to a Tasmanian AFL side?
6: Uh, yeah, I, I, I think no doubt it would help. Um, do I think it's the panacea for all things in Tassie footy? No, I don't. Um, I think a lot of the challenges we actually face into on ground level are a bit removed from the elite game. And I think w- we can't look at those challenges and think that has a connection to uh, people not having an appetite for the elite game because, I mean, Tasmanians love their footy. Absolute, they've all got teams. Everyone don't you packs, think
1: if you're a young guy and you can see a direct pathway and there's an academy and there's all that – direct pathway into a local academy and a local side and you know your neighboury cousin who has played for Tassie, don't you think that would change the Yeah, pathway? yeah, we're not all related, okay? <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> nearly.
6: Yeah, of course, of course it wouldn't hurt. No, it would absolutely help. But I, I, um, I don't think it's the silver bullet, let's put it that way. I think there's a lot of hard work that needs to be done at ground level with local clubs and local community clubs and – If we think that we just get an AFL team and that fixes everything and that um, has the biggest impact on community footy, I actually think there's other elements that need greater attention. Um, And in some respects as an organisation, hand on heart, I reckon at times we've sort of not given enough focus to the grassroots. Um, And I actually think if we were to pour all our energy into just thinking about the AFL team, um, we would be doing a disservice to the Tasmanian community.
0: When we talk about grassroots, how difficult is it or does it pose a threat that teams like the Jack Jumpers are coming in, stealing kids away potentially to play basketball or even soccer's got really strong numbers? Do you find that it's competition or complementary? Yeah,
6: I don't necessarily buy into the sort of sports v sport mentality. I actually think there's a place for a lot of sports. And if you're talking about – skill acquisition and, and making better athletes, particularly in the junior youth space, you want kids playing multiple sports. Um, so I think there's a space for sports to coexist and all be strong. Um I for one are really excited about the Jack Jumpers. I've actually got a sticker on my car and already signed up as a member. So I hope they do really, really well. And I think in some respects we can watch on and see how it goes. Um yeah and 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 see if there's learnings for us as a code. Um, but I, I think really what we have to do is continue to, you know, make sure that Tasmanians are passionate about footy and that's one thing we aren't short of in the state. Um, There's a lot of Tasmanians that love their footy and sometimes – Um, I think, and I I was quoted as saying this in the paper, that our our little issues become big issues because the passion is so strong and I actually think that's awesome. I actually think that's one of the really valuable things about our sport. Other sports, uh, even some I've worked in, would kill to have even a little bit of that passion.
2: Can I ask, from a personal point of view, obviously when the restructure was announced and and you were put in place uh, to, to run footy, um and the organization you know there are questions about your background your age and things like that did you take that personally did that hurt that people were questioning your credentials uh not
6: really um I think in Tassie footy for some reason this role is really important to people um and I guess it speaks a little bit to what I was just saying around the passion so uh I'm in a role that people like to talk about for whatever reason. So I just take that as a bit of a badge of honour and know that I'm working in a space that people actually really care about because I don't think uh, there's that many roles uh, particularly going around that people care nearly as much about as Tassie footy. Um, but also – uh, like I understand the responsibility of that. Uh, I've got a job to do and first and foremost that's what I'm going to do. Um, with respect to the age, uh, I, I made a decision I won't be shaving my beard any time soon <laughs> uh, because if I'm already it for being young, uh, you should see what it looks like when this thing comes yeah, I've off.
1: have got a baby face. <laughs> Just on that role, okay, this obviously going back right to, um, Maddie, uh, to um, Scott Wade when he was yeah. doing it, um, there's been a lot of criticism of it that, on some people see you as a mouthpiece for the AFL, that you're only a mouthpiece for Gillan McLaughlin. Some people see you as that role, as not being supportive of the Tasmanian view of what we want as football. Is there a lot of control coming from the AFL? How, what's that relationship actually look like?
6: Yeah, I think there's a lot of myth in this. Um, to be honest, day to day, there, there's no interference in terms of what's happening in Tassie footy. The only time... We tap into national resources and national expertise is for support. To be honest, um, so like myself and my team are the ones at ground level understanding the Tasmanian issues, working with Tasmanians to solve those problems. And do you work get for enough it.
1: support from the AFL?
6: Yeah, I, in my time, which is in, admittedly a only a month, month, <laughs> month and half. I, yeah, I've yeah, it's been fantastic. Obviously, things have changed and. Um, even locally from a team point of view, we're a bit slimmer than we were before. But, um, yeah, I've been – I've found the support really, really, really good. And I guess through the COVID um, time, they've actually rejigged things from a national perspective to have a bit more of a national focus where um, you've got a member from each state on working groups on particular topics, which has been um, really, really beneficial for us down in Tassie to uh, have our voice heard.
0: Your role's really important to people, but the, the bigger structure of AFL TAS is also, you know, always the topic of, of much opinion. There's been a, a little bit of a strip out COVID one, um, you know, made a few people redundant, but then you've had some key figures move on as well. How do you see the the immediate future of those roles and where they can take TASI footy for the next 12 months?
6: Yeah, so I guess from our local structure point of view, we, um, through the process, really made a conscious decision to prioritise grassroots and make sure that we had the delivery staff out there that are at the coalface working with clubs, with kick centres and in schools. Um, what we've been able to do through the process is actually rejig things away from a statewide leadership model where we had a statewide leadership team underneath the CEO. We've actually got regional leaders now um, and those regional leaders, I, th- I think in some respects, um, it's a better model because they're closer to it they work with their regional team on regional issues and I think anyone that's um, lived in Tassie for an extended period knows at times we're, we're sort of like three states within a state. Um, so there's very distinct um, things that happen on the northwest coast that are totally removed from down here in Hobart and there's different opportunities on the northwest coast or in the north and they're in Hobart. So um, our new f- our, our new structure really addresses that and works with that and gets the most out of the. The people we have I guess the other unique piece is that talent is carved out of my work which means I'm able to just focus on grassroots footy and community footy um, um, which I think gives us a real intense focus on that and enables us to really hammer it home and and work with the people we need to and then Cam Joyce gets to work um, with the talented ones uh, all across the state. When it comes to community footy,
2: I guess there's always a lot of talk about the State League. You know, I think the last couple of years it's been a a wonderful on-field product and the competition's been really high. Is that some people keep suggesting, you know, and you hear the rumor that it should just go back to a regional league model. Um, Do you see that TSL product as a viable and be an important part of what you're doing?
6: I'll give you one thing. Uh, the TSL is probably the most talked about league outside of the AFL in, in the world, I reckon, just about. Um, gets a, a lot of airtime. Um we're, we're signed on for next year and we're really committed to running the season. Um, I think from a, a TSL point of view, the clubs um, are looking for a bit more certainty going forward and what the competition exists for and how it coexists with the Devils and a whole range of things. So I think um, – we, we just need to continue to look at the competition and how it evolves moving forward, um, both in the men's and women's space. We're working through some stuff with the women's competition at the moment. So, um, But in terms of the standard of footy, the role the clubs play, um, really,
2: really important. And also know sort of on the back of that, that you've been having some meetings with all levels about salary cap, point system. It's, it's a massive conjecture of good players, going back a level, getting paid a lot of money. You know, you hear whispers, whether it be under the table, over the table and everything else. How do you police something like that so the equity's there and we can have the better players playing at the best level?
6: It's incredibly important. Um, Competitive balance within competitions and within the state is absolutely paramount moving moving forward. It's something as a state we've never really nailed Um, and we're on a bit of a mission to change that. Um, working with the Tasmanian footy board and Jim Wilkinson there. Um, And the really good thing is that leagues are driving this conversation. Um, They're saying that some of their clubs are actually living beyond their means. Um, And for the sustainability of footy more broadly, we need to get on top of that. So what that looks like is establishing point systems with some rigour, with some consistency across the state having salary caps, actually having investigative powers in place where people can go in and, and there's set penalties when people breach. Um, and what that will do ultimately will improve every level of footy within the state because clubs will be sustainable. They won't be living season to season trying to get a boomer recruit that they think's going to be the panacea for their club. They'll actually be living within a format that, that suits their club and their competition. Um, and then from a competitive point of view, we want – we want vibrant comps where, you know, you, th- you rock up to watch your team and you think they're half a chance. Um, so that's that's really, really important from that component, but also getting the right level of talent in each competition.
0: Just coming back to women's, will there be a TSLW season?
6: We're working through that. Um, it's a really difficult scenario. So n- North Launceston um, have all but withdrawn from the competition, so we're still working through that with the relevant Clubs, I'm really, really strong on. I'm not going to embark on a competition that's not sustainable and not viable. I think it's actually a risk to female participation if we were to start a season where, it, say, it was three or four teams. I, d- I just don't think it's going to hit the right mark. So, we're working through what the model looks like moving forward. Um, some of our modelling and alternatives are really exciting, and there's some different things in the mix. Um, so, hopefully, we'll have some news on that. Um, if not before Christmas, a little laughter.
1: Well, thanks very much for coming and having a chat before Christmas, mate. Keep that beard on. I do, I do agree with you. You've
3: got a baby face. It's
1: going to work very well for you over the next couple of years. And uh, I can't let you go before giving a prediction about the Ds in twenty twenty one. Where do you see us?
6: Oh yeah, this will be the first of our five year run of flags. I think.
2: Yeah. <laughs> wow! A... Sure the... <laughs> like he has got
1: the right man for our field, Tasmania. No,
6: nah, probably ninth
1: again. Us. Well, Thanks very much for coming and have a great chrissy thanks guys
0: all right time for cobs corner on the tassie sport lounge andrew moore project manager for clubs tasmania maury what's going on
4: Ah, oh, well always plenty going on in the lead up to christmas so people are getting excited having functions and uh yeah clubs are, are all ready for uh, announcements that are coming hopefully from government
0: what have you been doing the last couple of weeks
4: Well, we've been listening to clubs, so there's a little bit of uh, frustration out there in clubland because of these public events frameworks that's been uh, coming out from the government, so it's making it really difficult for peak bodies especially to put their events on for people with more than 2,000. It's very confusing, so we're sort of just listening and and helping sort of bridge that gap and and create a link through to the government to sort of let them understand that clubs are really struggling, the the workload on volunteers, sometimes putting 30-page submissions in to hold their event, is really hard work
1: it is very confusing isn't it and obviously the go- you can see why the government has had to make a lot of these regulations put them in place but for groups like clubs it's almost impossible to work out what you can do
4: oh, and what's happening mate is that they're giving up you know they just look at it and they think you know christmas and finishing work holidays it's just too hard let's just cancel our event and mm. let's go with the uh, year 2021
2: so what in terms of I know so we've got Big Bash coming up, I had a chat to Richard Welsh who's running the Hobart run the bridge the other day. Obviously four odd thousand people they're thinking they've got the Launceston event this weekend. Outside those guys that know what they're doing. Are there any other? Are these clubs that have a mass events that Australia? Anything? Anyone in particular that's really battling to try and work? Yeah,
4: certainly. Uh, we've been taking quite a bit of time speaking with Rowing Tasmania and Rob Prescott. So the rowing regattas are, are really problematical for them. So Lake Barrington and Franklin, and then the Northern um, Carnivals. So there's more than two thousand people there. So they've got yeah a whole heap of paperwork that they've got to get through. So that's one group. Um, there's another event. And we recently Dave Foster, who's our very good friend here at uh, the Sports Lounge. Hi.
0: Can we just pause there and congratulate Dave Foster on his induction into the Sports Australia Hall of Fame. Play on, Maury. (laughs) that's
4: that's why you're in the big chair, Caitlin. Yeah, no, I'm all good with that. So, yes, Dave, well done. Congratulations. But I was talking to him during the week to to congratulate him and just catch up with him. And, yeah, so last year there was a uh, boxing um, – sorry, uh, wood chopping and carnival down at Port Arthur. It was an awesome event. They held it on Boxing Day. Uh, But, unfortunately, that's had to be cancelled this year. So, um, again, for that particular community, those particular sports, they're not on. So, that – that particular, as I said, area doesn't get the visitors and the tourists down to that area um, and it's a loss. So. Do you think
1: the government understands what's happening at club level nope. and is supportive of it? Because that's a big issue, isn't it? I, we talk about – we talk to Damien Gill about you know grassroots footy and how important it is but understanding how those clubs piece together volunteers, fundraising – families, little communities and try and get a club up.
4: Yeah, look, And it's massively complex because the world's changed. You know, We talk about the new normal all the time but what that actually looks like and sounds like for a community club you know, it's complex so it's going to take a little bit of time. We're going to have to work through that and one of our roles is we're going to have to support clubs. We're going to have to hold their hand and we're going to have to do that with, as I said, agencies like Peak, ta- peak Bodies like Gilly and AFL Taz or Bakes and Cricket TAS. We're going to have to provide new levels of support to help clubs get through this. Otherwise Some of them are just going to bit like you know the events. They're going to say, "Nuts, too hard."
0: Maury, big passion of mine. Touch football, Tasmania. Go Tigers!
4: Yeah. So uh, I was talking to Jeff Quick during the week. So he's been busy over the last three months trying to put together a tournament for Tasmania. And he's he's dubbed, "Hello, Jeff. How are you out there?" Um, We know you're a good big listener. Um, Yeah, cold. Everyone is. (laughs) (laughs) Cold Climate Challenge. So his vision is, yeah, to to put on a tournament in Devonport, invite teams from all over Australia, get them to come to Tassie to sample that awesome hospitality um, and, as I said, run a touch football tournament. So he's uh, at the moment just working with government and we're helping and supporting him to, yeah, put that event together. But he's hopeful of over 500 – Three, uh, 32 teams, um, 1st of October, 2021. So stay tuned for some more details around that.
0: So is that your understanding that that would replace a state cup in Tassie?
4: Uh, look, I'm not quite sure, but you know what? It might be a good idea to maybe reach out to Jeff and invite him on and he can uh, <laughs> throw, throw us a few more details for an episode in 2021. What do you he, reckon, He's many? been trying to get on, but you know, it's <laughs>
1: been extremely
0: There's a backlog. Yeah, there's, there's an there's
4: absolute a... backlog
0: <laughs> so of guests so that want to come on to the Tassie Sport Lounge. 2021, if we get back in 2021, he can expect a call. Oh, we've got a big lead up to October. Uh, Maury, always great. <laughs> to chat. Thanks for your update as to the community clubs in Tassie.
1: No
4: worries. Merry Christmas, everybody.
1: Well, there it was. That was uh, the Tassie Sport Lounge Episode 7. An interesting episode. Uh, we... Didn't start with one of our panels, uh, that's Steve Old, Aldi. He didn't turn up. And then by the end of it, we've lost Caitlin Barry. <laughs> she, just, she just left.
2: Attendance rates for this year, I think you're at 100%, aren't you, Dave? And the rest of us are, are floundering somewhere <laughs> underneath, unfortunately. I didn't,
1: so. didn't realise I was going to be the linchpin of Tassie <laughs> Sport
2: Lounge. Uh, it's been it's been great. I've really enjoyed uh, working here for the last couple of months and getting this up. Hopefully our listeners have as well. We're off. obviously going to have a bit of a break uh, over the Christmas People, period. People are going to struggle. I don't know what they'll do with themselves. What are they going to listen right? to?
1: Yeah, well, obviously they are going to miss us. Um, it's going to be – I'm going to miss you, obviously, <laughs> over Christmas. But they can get the best bits. And they can just listen to the old episodes. That's the <laughs> good thing about podcasts. you Just go back and enjoy what you enjoyed previously. We are intending to come back in 2021 with a huge, bigger show than ever. Michael Jordan will, of course, be on the guest list at oh, any I'm time. I'm so
2: excited for that. You know, you've been trying and trying and, yeah, we'll ben get him.
1: Brown, <laughs> for the, I've been criticised about Ben Brown, who's now playing with the Demons in the AFL. Ben has said that he will come on in 2021, so expect that. And uh, have a great Christmas, everybody. Be safe. and. Hopefully we can come back with a full panel in 2021. And go Hurricanes.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for joining us on the Tassie Sport Lounge. Of course, subscribe and share with your friends and get it wherever you get your podcasts. We'll see you in two weeks' time. This podcast is a Glitterball Creative Production.